All right. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Hi-Fi Summit. We are kicking off our seminar with SVS. I know everybody loves their base. So welcome, Nick and Larry from SVS. How are you guys doing today? Woo-woo. Doing wonderful. Yeah, thanks for having us. Awesome. Thanks for being here. I would hear I would hit the cheer button, but I don't know if it's gonna do a cheer or a different noise here. <laughs> Save the cheer, all applause at the end, please. Okay, got it. Yeah. So uh yeah, it's good to have you guys. Um we mention SVS all the time, right? In our videos, people always ask, like, what should I get? And it's always almost always I'm always saying, like, just get, get SVS, just because we know what it is. You can yeah. go one thousand, two thousand, three thousand, you know what I mean? 2000 pro don't get it twisted um <laughs> you know you can go up the line right um spend a little bit you can spend a lot and so you guys have a lot of different products and it's easy to recommend because they all you know they all do their thing they get down to 20 hertz which is what i always recommend you know so um it's not that i'm biased towards svs it's just that i like these guys more than everybody else <laughs> that doesn't sound is like that, biased. is yeah, that okay no. Now, do you say that on every one of these broadcasts? Yeah, that's, that's right. Ah, <laughs> I guess you'll have to watch the replay to find out. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, if I could say something, I mean, I, I know how much work you guys put into this. And, you know, given the scenario in the world right now and, uh, you know, people being at home, um, not being able to go to events like Expona and, and you know, CES maybe even and, and some of these regional shows, like what you guys are doing is really important. So it was important for us to kind of show that we want to be part of this. We want to help grow this industry. We have passion for this stuff. Like Larry and I live this stuff. You can see it in his room more than mine yeah, right now. Yeah. Oh my. Uh, you know, we just live and breathe this stuff. So if there's anything we can do to help raise the profile of the audio industry and just get people excited about great sound, you know, that's what we're gonna do. Um, you know, we uh we're here to talk about subwoofers. I think people really know us for our subwoofers, but you know, we are a full-on audio brand with accessories and speakers. Um, so, you know, I have to throw that little plug in there, but really we just wanted to kind of offer uh, some tips and tricks to get your, your sub sounding its best and um, guide people to get the best possible sound out of their system. So that's what today will be all about. And hopefully we'll have some fun, answer some questions and, uh, you know, make this thing a, a huge success for years to come. Yeah, I'm gonna pop Very myself good. out. I'll let you guys have the floor. Um, I'll be hanging out. So if you need me, I'm here. I'm listening. But uh, I want to give you guys a spotlight here. Ooh, appreciate yeah, that. Enjoy. Floor is yours, gentlemen. Enjoy. Cool. All right. Um, so Larry is our uh, our national training manager at SVS. And, and Larry, maybe you can just tell people really quickly what that involves and, and maybe how many subwoofers you set up in your life or maybe just in the past couple of years here. Give a little background. Sure. Uh, so my role being the training manager, I'm responsible for interacting with all the stores and educating them on our products, setting up demonstrations at our events, making sure everybody understands how to utilize um, our multi-room wireless products, our subwoofer app, understands the differences between all the products, and then uh, assist the sales team with interacting with all of you on the user side of things. And when it comes to subwoofer setup, like on some level, it seems like it should be fairly easy. It's kind of a plug and play process when you boil down to it, like the very essence of you connect a cable, it's hooked up to this, you know, back your AV receiver or preamp or whatever, uh, and you get bass. But all along the way, there's a lot of different factors that sort of play into the overall performance of that subwoofer within your system. And that differs whether it's a home theater system or a two channel system. Um, so some of those little intricacies I think uh, will be interesting for us to discuss today and sort of roll it out there. So, you know, from your perspective, whether you're going into a store or doing it in your own home, 
you got the subwoofer, you get it out of the box, placement's the first sort of step. What would you yeah. tell people about placement in terms of, you know, that first step in getting the subwoofer set up? Well, there's a lot of different ways you can place a sub. And in some cases, there's really only one place it can go. You know, uh, you may only be able to put it up in the front corner of your room or off to the side. And so uh, sometimes that's really all it can do. But if you can find the optimal spot, uh, the easiest way to do it is utilize a, a kind of a geeky thing called the subwoofer crawl. And once you do that, and we'll get into that here in a second, you can find the absolute best and most possible output from your subwoofer in a localized space. And the way to do it, you, you got to just get a little dirty real quick and plug up the subwoofer and find something to play, whether it's uh, just a bass note, like a 40 hertz bass note from a app or YouTube or whatever, or playing a musical track that you know, and physically putting the subwoofer in a couple different places in your room, play that note, play that track, play whatever you're listening to, and then go to your listening position and see which location in the room where you place the subwoofer gives you the most impact in your space. And the reason it's called the subwoofer crawl is technically what you do is you, you put the subwoofer in your seat and then you walk around or crawl around the room until you feel the biggest impact in your room. So say you put the subwoofer in your couch right where you sit and you walk around and your, your front right corner of the room is really heavy. You feel the bass through your head, through your ears and everything, but you start moving slightly further over and you lose a little bit of it and you continue moving and you don't ever get as much strength as you had that first spot, then you know that's where the subwoofer needs to go so that you feel that impact and that power where you're sitting. And right. that's and kind of troublesome, but uh, you can do it and it's fantastic. And that's when you have you know versatility to place the subwoofer anywhere. As you mentioned at the beginning, a lot of times there's one or two spots. You pick the best one aesthetically, depending on if there's lifestyle considerations, we call them, um, to sort of judge where it's going to go. Um, and an important comment, uh, Derek Rollins mentioned, what you're trying to do with that subwoofer crawl is find out where you get the flattest response, not necessarily the boomiest, like deepest, like loudest bass, because that actually means that the placement isn't very good if you're getting sort of a boomy one note effect. Um, so looking for that flat frequency response is really what after um so ideally you have the subwoofer placed uh you know you have it hooked up to um an av receiver we're going to start with home theater as we mentioned there's sort of a different process for home theater to two channel um but with home theater you have it set up um before i we dive into that i do want to mention there were some questions about rue and umic microphones that gets very technical so we're probably not going to dive too much into that but our sound experts our, our team uh support staff can definitely help you with some of those uh qualifications and how to actually run that software. But for the purposes of this one, we're probably not gonna go too deep into that. Um, so back to the uh, the matter at hand here, you have your subwoofer placed, you have it in the room. What is your next step as uh, you know setting up the system? Well, you know, if kind of placement is the big part of it. So, you know, if you can put it up front, that's great because it'll blend with your front stage, off to the sides, where, wherever you end up finding the best spot for it, after that's tuning. And tuning can be done a lot of different ways. Like you just mentioned the microphones and you mic and mini DSP. And I personally don't do any of that because I'm constantly changing stuff out. But uh, if you have a, a Denner Marantz receiver, you have Odyssey. If you have Anki or Pioneer, you have MCACC, you have YPAO with Yamaha and all these other ones, uh, you get into ARC. And what you do is you kind of let the receiver do a lot of it. But there are some things you need to do beforehand uh, to make sure that you're not going to get too much or not enough out of your subwoofer. So uh, for instance, I, I tend to use a lot of Denon and Marantz products. So whenever you get them set up, the first thing it does with your subwoofer, it actually looks for a, uh, a volume leveling. 
And when you do the volume leveling, it'll tell you get to this particular point. And so that whenever it does the room correction by sending out the tones to all the different channels, it doesn't overpower the subwoofer and doesn't say, oh, I need to uh, pull back the levels to the sub. So we normally recommend that everybody that's doing a home theater setup utilizing the integrated uh, room correction that you pull the volume on our subs down to level match or somewhere around half volume on the subwoofer is where we tend to go. And uh, then after you've run your room correction and done all your settings and everything, then you can bump it back up if you feel the need. So it's, I mean, really part of tuning a subwoofer is finding that balance with the speakers. I mean, the, the end goal here is really to create a, a system that it sounds like the bass from the subwoofers is coming from all the individual speakers, not this one box in the corner or in the side of the room. You're really trying to achieve that balance. Um, so in doing some of the things that you just mentioned, you're sort of setting up yourself uh, to get an accurate um room correction from some of the services that you mentioned. Um, so now that you have the uh, the subwoofer set up, you run the room correction, uh, a lot of times those results aren't the final story. It's not like, okay, ran a room correction, you're good to go. There's a lot that I won't say could go wrong, but there's little adjustments that can be made to optimize it. You dive into to, uh, to that a little bit. Yeah, so one of the things that comes up a lot, I think probably the number one call to our sound experts uh, customer service team is whenever somebody runs that system and then they go sit down and listen to it, they're not getting the output from the sub that they expect. And in most cases, it's because a lot of receivers recognize a tower speaker and set it as large. And what it does is it's sharing the base information in between your front stage and your subwoofer. So you're not getting as much output from the LFE signal. So we tend to recommend people set their speakers to small and then adjust their crossover accordingly. So like behind me, I have a pair of prime towers I've got them set to small with a crossover down at 60 hertz. Uh, then adjust it from there. What that does, and then you can get in and adjust your low frequency output. And I have my LFE set in this particular room at 100 hertz, but downstairs at my subwoofer is set to 120. So it also can kind of vary per room. You did mention setting the speakers to small, and this is a very misunderstood topic. Um, and I know it's not you know, necessarily specific to subwoofer setup, but can you walk people through the difference between when your speakers are set to large versus small? Yeah, so when your system is set to large, uh, the best way to look at it, especially if you're using a conventional AVR. So if you're just using, you know, most of us out there going by a conventional AVR, we're not doing separates and stuff like that. But if you are doing separates, you have a little bit more control. But if you're just using a, a, a simple surround sound receiver in your setup, if you have your speakers, say you've got towers and you know, they're, they're capable of going down in the 30, 40 hertz range. Yes, they can do that. But if you're driving your receiver to do all the information to your front towers, highs, mids, and lows, and extreme low frequencies, and to your sub, you're putting a little bit more wear and tear on your receiver, but you're also taking away some of the signal to the low frequency output. So we typically recommend set them to small and then adjust the crossover accordingly. And then what would happen is more of the information for the base will be shared with the subwoofer. And it also takes a little bit of wear and tear off the amps on your receiver too. When you say set the crossover appropriately, or I don't know the exact term you said is, what it, what exactly does that mean based on your speaker's you know frequency response? So depending on where your speakers are capable of going to low frequency, we tend to recommend find that point and go 10 to 20 hertz higher than that on your receiver. That way, you know, you, you're not putting as much, you know, stress on your speakers would be a way to put it, but you let the subwoofer do the heavy lifting and then enjoy all the clarity and detail that the speakers are capable of offering. So even though the speakers are capable of going to one point, I don't go as low and you can blend them and uh, 
play with crossover as you see fit. But we, we tend to recommend go small unless you're using some drivers that have big, huge 8 or 10-inch uh, woofers in them. Then we might recommend going large, but you're also probably going to be using a more powerful receiver or amplifier in that case as well. Well, how are you typically judging the performance? Like after you've got what you think it is a, you know, properly set up subwoofer, you know, how are you just pulling anything off the shelf? Do you have test tracks? Like how, how do you actually process whether or not you did it right? Well, we have a couple tracks that we use at SVS to test them. Um, you know, some of the music tracks that we do, we get a little, a little crazy for me personally. Uh, but we, we tend to listen to some more, uh, on the movie side of things, we start with something like Guardians of the Galaxy. That's chapter seven. You guys all know mm -hmm. it's the, the prison break scene. Uh, it's got a really nice bass sweep that we listen for, and we know what those notes should sound like in a room. If we're not getting it where we think uh, it should be, then we'll go back and make some additional adjustments. Uh, Ready Player One's another one that we listen to. So on the subwoofer side, I know what notes should sound like based on how many of these things that we've set up. I mean, I didn't completely answer your question at the beginning, how many we've set up, but throughout a year, I might set up over 150 to 200 systems around the country, and I've gotten to where I know, oh, that's not right, and we'll make an adjustment based on what I've listened to, and it drives my family nuts because I'm constantly adjusting it downstairs, too. Well, I saw a couple comments here, and I, I think you kind of addressed this, but maybe you can uh, expand upon it a little bit. Do you run those DSP corrections before or after you run Odyssey or some of those other um, calibration uh, services? So what I will do is I will run Odyssey first. And after I run Odyssey, I go in and I will check whatever the receiver recognized um, the speakers as, and I will adjust them from there because it almost always recognizes towers as large. And I'll tend to adjust those accordingly. Normally around the 40, 60, 80 hertz range is where I'll set a tower. Uh, center channel, kind of about the same. But the subwoofer I will play with in regards to level and crossover. I tend to put subwoofers for home theater in the 100 to 120 hertz range for a 5.1 or 7 channel or 9 channel surround system. And it is different. I know we're going to get into music, but I set things up a little differently in music. But if you're looking at our subwoofer control app, after I've run the Odyssey room correction or YPAO or whatever, I really just get in and adjust volume and maybe the um, occasionally I'll get in and adjust some of the room gain compensation stuff. But typically at home theater, I don't mess with it much in stores. Um, you mentioned room gain compensation. That primarily has to do with, with sealed cabinet subwoofers. And uh, for those who don't know, I mean, it's basically uh, using your room to get deeper low frequency extension and uh, greater dynamic output out of the subwoofer just based on sort of the wave patterns in the room. Um, what can you tell people about sort of harnessing room gain, I guess you could say, because it can also be a bad thing. Um, yeah. But in general, it you know it gives you more value out of a sealed subwoofer in a lot of instances. Yeah, and some people like what room gain does. Um, like for instance, if I'm doing a training with a retailer, we'll go in a room with an SB16 Ultra and I'll put on something like a Beyonce Partition. And we'll play that and we'll let them listen to what happens with the room gain by where we kind of place the subwoofer in a room. And if you have a closed off square room, like I'm in here in this uh, extra bedroom, uh, you do get some room gain based on placement and it can add a little more headroom. It can add more output, but can also cause uh, kind of a one note bass in some rooms as well. So by having room gain compensation in our app, you're able to take care of like nulls you may have or excesses in say a 25 hertz or a 30 hertz or a 40 hertz range and it gets kind of geeky and i i rarely ever use it but it is totally there uh it can also be used if you're getting kind of bottom heavy on a ported subwoofer as well if you're seeing that the 
the output's just a little too much for a space, you can kick on the room gain and adjust it and normally throw on a 25 or 31 hertz uh, compensation there too. But in general, room gain, it should be turned off in ported subwoofers. It's going to just give you a little bit too much of that breathiness, that sort of boomy effect that can be distracting and, and not as accurate as uh, sort of that crisp um, performance you get from a sealed subwoofer. Um, so I, uh, I know you have uh, spoken in the past about issues you have with content where like some movie producers, some camps will make great soundtracks and it'll sound amazing. And it's like the bass is so in your face. And then other ones, it's like, you know, why, why are they leaving off the low frequencies? I think you called it uh, Disney, right? It was one of the ones that you think I, had I, sort of lackluster. You did. And I think everybody in the community knows this too. Um, I, I think uh, if you're looking at studios that do things really well, uh, Warner, Universal, all those releases sound fantastic. Most of the Sony releases do too. But you know, if you're if you're sitting down to watch a big old cinematic universe movie and the output's a little light, uh, I think it's disappointing for a lot of us. But I think we've all kind of learned you just increase the volume a little bit, and that extra three to five dB takes care of that. Well, that's um, that's actually why I brought it up because oh, look I at think that. A, a common question. Thank you for that segue. You picked up on what I was dropping there, but yeah, really, I think the question is: Do you do those adjustments on the subwoofer, or do you raise the gain within the AV receiver, or are there instances where you might do one or the other? So, I rarely ever, after I get the adjustments where I want, I I rarely ever make any adjustments extra in the receiver, and the reason I don't do a whole lot much uh, in the receiver anymore is because of the subwoofer control app that we have. And if you haven't had a chance to play with our subwoofer control app, it's got a lot of really fine-tuned adjustments you can make. So uh, downstairs in our living room, for instance, where I have our 2000 Pro series, uh, I've made adjustments based on what we watch the most. So I've set a preset for movies. And our movie-watching preset, there, there's more output, more volume than it really needs to be. Uh, but when we're watching TV shows or sports or kids are watching Cartoon Network, we have a TV preset that pulls it down quite a bit because when you're watching those, the bass can be just unnerving in some of those instances. So I essentially just pull down the volume a bit. And then we have a nighttime setting, which is, you know, lovingly referred to in the, uh, in our trainings as wife mode where it shuts it completely off so that I can go down there and watch something with the kids or whatever and not wake anybody else up throughout the house. But normally all I'm doing in that case is typically adjusting the, the gain volume. That's really about it. Sure. Um, so we did mention it's a little bit different when you're talking about a two-channel audio file system. Um, you know, you're typically not running the room correction. You're not putting the mic in several seats around the room. Um, it's just a different fundamental process. So um, we have the subwoofer placed, so that part is done. Uh, you know, you have your two-channel speakers. What's your next step when uh, when setting up in a two-channel system? So, and this is where they really differ because if you're doing a home theater system, you're going to typically not mess with crossovers on your subwoofer at all. You're going to let the receiver do all of that. But when you move into a two-channel system, you're needing to allow more frequency control, allow the ability to blend with speakers a little bit differently. So uh, that's where you'll start messing with crossover on your subwoofer if you're coming off of, say, two-channel amp, or like I've got our sound base uh, wireless system up here where I've got a subwoofer connected to. And what you would do is you would find the crossover where your subwoofer and your speakers tend to blend the best. And we have a tool on our site. I don't know how big of a, an infomercial we want to do. But we have a tool on our site where it's a matching tool. And what you do is you put in a brand of speakers and a model of speakers, and it gives you a point where your crossover should be set in the subwoofer to blend with those speakers. And I use that typically as a starting point. I might adjust it 
uh, a little bit from there. But most of the two channel systems we do with say like our prime pinnacle speakers, we might put the subwoofer as, <laughs> thanks, uh, as uh, you know, maybe a 50 or 60 Hertz crossover and then adjust the slope if necessary. So there's a lot of things you can do and there's uh, more you can do to, uh, along with the room game compensation, where you're probably not gonna mess with it a lot. Parametric EQ, you know, if you wanna get in there and do some boosts on some particular frequencies, if you wanna get in and mess with phase, and that's a whole other ball game. But, you know, if you are really trying to get that perfect blend with your front stage, and maybe your subwoofer isn't necessarily right there with your front stage speaker in a two channel setup, maybe it's off to the side. Uh, each of our subwoofers with the control app has a variable gain adjustment, or sorry, a variable phase adjustment. So you can get in there and actually adjust from zero all the way to 180 and make some really- oh, I'm glad you brought up phase because I think that's another thing where people see this control and you know they might just tweak with it just to see what it does without really knowing what it does. Um, walk people through a little bit of what phase is and then when you're adjusting it, how can that actually get your system dialed in? So. Typically on the back of most subwoofers, you'll see a switch, zero or 180. And what that does, it has it work uh, with your, in conjunction with your speakers or with another subwoofer in the room. And you'll normally, typically the, the nomenclature was you put one subwoofer at zero and one at 180 and just hope that it kind of worked and they didn't cancel each other out. But with, when you have phase and you can get in there and adjust it, uh, maybe your front channel is kind of directly here in front of you, but your subwoofer, the only place it can go is over off to the right and you want to kind of get it blended in there. So what it does is it does some uh, phase adjustments to move it to where it's working in conjunction with your front stage as opposed to slightly being offset or slightly out of time correction. So that's really what it's for, is it allows you to really get that blend. And if you have multiple subs, you know, one might need to be at 15 degrees, one might need to be at zero, one might need to be at 80, one might need to be at 110. And that's really what the variable adjustment gives you is so that you can get that perfect blend. So if, if you want that sweet spot or sweet area, uh, you can really correct that. And I think uh, one thing that's important to mention is if you have too much overlap between your subwoofers and speakers, it can actually give you like a, a boomy sort of sound. Um, and we had a question here from EM and I saw the other question that popped up from the brown note, which is a great logo, by the way. I might have to make some t-shirts out of that, uh, my namesake and all. Um, but adjusting the slope, that's essentially sort of has to do with the crossover point and how aggressively it crosses over. What exactly are you adjusting when you're moving the slope? So when you're doing slope, um, what that is is essentially where the bass rolls off from the speaker. And if you, and most subwoofers don't have a slope adjustment. So the roll off might be a little more harsh or less controlled. So we have a uh, 12 and 18 and 24, is it six, 18? I don't know, we have three slope adjustments in our subwoofer control app so that you can actually get that perfectly timed roll off to blend with your speakers properly. And I, I adjust that specifically when I'm doing two channel because that's when I turn on the LFE. And if you get into the app, uh, you can turn on the, the low frequency filter and adjust the crossover where you need. And then so like we're, we're partnered with Bowers speakers a lot and we tend to throw, um, I wanna say an 18 dB roll off uh, whenever we do that with the slope and might put a crossover on their large towers at 50 hertz with an 18 dB slope. And that's so that there is that blend so that when the musical notes hit and everything comes together and blends together properly. So going back to the legendary brown notes question of the old adage uh, sealed versus ported, this isn't exactly in the realm of setup and, uh, and calibration, but it is one of the most debated topics among subwoofers. Um, and I will uh, 
share some perspective on our philosophy as a, as a sub for manufacturer, we really try to narrow the delta between that sort of effortless, massive impact that you can get from a big ported subwoofer and this sort of more uh, punchy, uh, crisp speed and transients, that pinpoint accuracy you get from a sealed cabinet subwoofer. Um, I think personally, both types of subwoofers are capable of doing all of those things really, really well. You don't have to sacrifice that massive output and, and like subterranean extension in order to get the accuracy. One just does it better than the other. So it's a matter of what are your listening preferences? What are your tastes? How much space do you have in your listening room? Yeah. Um, and those are really the bigger factors in my mind. But I don't know. What insights can you share about just sort of the port or seal debate? Uh, well, I have both in the house. Uh, this room, just because of its size, is a sealed subwoofer. But downstairs, my living room is open to kitchen and dining and hall and all that stuff. So I do have a cylinder sub down there. And part of the reason, like you just mentioned size, uh, I'd always had sealed down there. And then the PC2000 Pro came about. And our TV, awful room for a theater. I'll just throw that out there. Uh, but my TV sits in a corner. And my cylindrical sub sits behind it. And I do that. Number one, it's, it's out of the way, but it really pressurizes the entire downstairs space. Um, but you know, I, I tend to like the ability of a ported subwoofer because you do get more volume at lower frequencies. You do get a little bit more uh, frequency, uh, deeper frequencies out of it too. But one real thing to kind of think about with our ported subs, everything from the 2000 Pro and above can be both. And what I mean by that is uh, our, once again, getting into the app, you can actually adjust the way the subwoofer operates from a sealed mode or a ported mode on our PC2000 Pro, PB2000 Pro, PB3000, PB4000, PB16, where you can get these foam plugs from us and we'll send them to you for free if you've got them. Then you get into the app and you do a port tuning mode where you can take the sub from fully open ported and change it into sealed operation. So if you want to have both, and if you're doing that, if you want that big over-the-top theatrical IMAX level bass experience, maybe you want one of our ported subs. But if you are listening to that super fast repetitions, quick bass, and some music, you might want the accuracy, speed, and transient response of a uh, sealed subwoofer. And so by doing one of our ported subs with the subwoofer control app, you can have both. And, and I think I, there, it's an important distinction there. Um, you know, when you're plugging the ports, there's the way we do it, it's a unique port tuning frequency. It's not like we you can just stuff a sock in the port and you're gonna yeah. get, you know, that sealed performance. It actually changes the tuning frequency of the subwoofer when you adjust it uh, within the app um, and then have those plugs in place. So uh, that basically keeps you from getting inaccurate bass and some of the sort of distracting elements that you would get from just stuffing something in and then changing the tuning <laughs> frequency, changing the output without adjusting the tuning frequency. Those are right. big things you don't want to mess with. Um, and just going back, we had a question about the subwoofer crawl. Do you face the sub towards the AV unit or towards the back of the room? Because literally where you want to put it is put the subwoofer on your recliner, your couch, whatever, in that main seating position. What do you do? Do you face it forward, backwards? Does it even matter? I face it back towards my front stage. Um, I don't think I've ever tried facing it the other direction, but uh, I face it back towards the front stage. And you know, if you do have one of the big old huge subs, a 4000 or 16 Ultra, it may not fit in your in your seat. So you know, put it directly on there. Or if you can, push back your your sitting position uh, just to get the subwoofer in its space. You do that. Um, but if you put it in there, face it back towards your listening position. That's tend to be that's what I do. Yeah. And uh, I saw a sort of question about 
don't know the difference between ported and open. Ported, it's also known as vented subwoofers. It just means they have ports that allow it to release more air. And in general, that allows the subwoofer to create more dynamic output at lower frequencies and really dig down deeper than a sealed cabinet. Whereas the sealed cabinet really allows that driver to hit uh, much crisper speed and transients move, stop and start on a dime, as well as create um, a better sense of musicality, I guess, if uh, we're making up words here. Um, so that's sort of the difference. And I see a question from Greg G. Can you mix brands of subwoofers? Not ideal. I think the more important thing you don't want to do is mix ported and sealed. Because as you were talking about phase issues, um, you can have some misalignment of the base. And that can certainly happen if you mix brands of subwoofers. But my advice would be stick to subwoofers with a similar driver size, but absolutely don't mix the ported with the sealed cabinets. Otherwise, you're going to you know, potentially get some distractions. Uh, anything you want to throw on top of there? Now, if, if you throw a ported subwoofer in a room with a sealed subwoofer, I know there's people that like to do both, but uh, once you do that, you're, you're going to be really more impacted by the ported sub, and it tends to overpower the sealed sub. Uh, but if you can do two, do two. But go both ported, both sealed, and like Nick said, try to get them as close to similar as you can. Uh, I'm big proponents of going two. It's a big part of a training app, uh, influence that we have in regards to, and I see uh, Ahmad throw up here, two small subwoofers versus one big, I, it's really up to what's gonna fit in your room, but we do tend to recommend two subwoofers because you'll get better base balance throughout the space. You don't get as much of a sweet spot. You have an area for more people to enjoy. Uh, and typically smaller subs are easier to place than larger subs as well, which I think we've all run into. And you, know, you get a better frequency response from two, you get a little bit more headroom. There's a lot of benefits to going dual. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's another question here, too, about uh, raising the subwoofers off the floor and what effect, if any, does that have on performance? And I think it's less about elevating them. It's more about decoupling them. Um, we have a product, uh, these SoundPath subwoofer isolation feet that basically elevate the subwoofer, decouple it from the floor. So instead of sort of uh, putting that energy into your floor, hey, look at you right on cue. Instead of like having the subwoofer sit on the floor and, and some of that energy going into the floor and walls, it's now sort of re-conordering, uh, so it's shooting it out into the air a little bit more. Um, and there's risers, there's other solutions for decoupling a subwoofer. I'm not saying that's the only one you can go with, um, but typically if you raise it up into the air, but it's on like a rickety shelf, eh, that's not going to do much for you. It's, it's the decoupling aspect of it. So, um, you know, I mean, what's been your experience using... Uh, you know, our solution and others with the coupling. So anybody that's watched our broadcast knows uh, the infamous albums falling off the wall back here behind me from, uh, I have an SB2000 in here, and uh, it did not have the isolation system on there, so I was knocking stuff off. But, you know, what you can get by adding, you know, a couple inches or doing an isolation system or a pad or something like that on your subwoofer, really what it does, it, it can tighten up the base in your room a little bit, but really the purpose of it is to, stop in interrupting everything else around you uh, so that you don't knock stuff off the wall. So if you're in a condo or an apartment, your neighbor isn't getting as much impact when you're watching a big over-the-top theatrical experience. Uh, if you are watching something in a room where maybe you're upstairs and there's people downstairs, you won't disrupt them as much. But really, it, it can tighten up the sound in a room. It can lessen the impact of things hanging on your wall or um, the essentially stuff you know rattling in your fridge on the other side of the house too. 
Well, in, in your case, personal uh, circumstances, you don't want to knock your wife's makeup into the toilet either. You know, that, no, that's, that's never a good, and that's, that's never a fun a conversation to have after yeah. that happens. I know no, you hate when I mention that. whole other story, but yes, I, I learned my lesson very heartily with these things. Um, with When I had the SB16 Ultra and watching the movie Deepwater Horizon, there, there was a good hour of me being excessively loud and it shook some stuff directly above it into, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, as you just said, into a toilet. Okay. <laughs> to answer Chad's question, uh, you don't a concrete floor. It'll be much less noticeable. It can still have a positive impact. Um, you know, especially if you have you know rattling things, knickknacks, whatever on the walls. It can help with that. But in general, you know, your wood flooring. You know, if you're in a row house or an apartment, like those are going to be the best opportunities. Uh, or coupling will help you the most. Uh, but certainly a concrete floor. You know, again, it's more about the room itself than the floor in that instance and, and what you have. Um, for this owner, I mean, if you have four PB2000 Pros, like it doesn't matter where you put them, you're gonna have even base response pretty much throughout, um, unless you maybe just stack them in a single column. Uh, but I would say, you know, in, in general, if you're running, if you have the ability to run subwoofers in all four corners, um, I mean, it doesn't really matter how you face yeah. it. It's, it's base is omnidirectional, so at that point, it's like you're so saturated with sound waves, like you know, what more can you really do? Yeah, and if you can do two kind of up front and two in the back and if with the ported sub placement isn't as uh, big a deal as sealed, but if you can get them just kind of opposite each other, you're going to have a phenomenal experience all the way around. Well, this one always comes up and it's a tough one to answer because I don't think room size is always the greatest way to judge what subwoofer that you should, uh, that's right for you. I mean, I think there's a lot of other factors that come before room size. Certainly you wouldn't want to put, you know, 10 inch subwoofer in a 5,000 square foot you know, ballroom. That's right. not going to get you what you need. Um, but what's sort of your philosophy on matching uh, subwoofers to room size? Well, a lot of it's going to come down to, you know, what you're trying to accomplish in the space and uh, also what you can fit a lot of the time. But what we tend to recommend a subwoofer is typically going to be based on your front stage. And then if we need to elevate that a little bit based on your room size, we might go one model up or recommend duals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, downstairs, I've got this big open space and I'm just using one single ported subwoofer uh, because it's capable of taking on that entire room. And a lot of it has to do with where I have it placed because I do have it corner loaded. So it is adding a little more emphasis to the room. But if you're in a large open concept space and there's not, you know, somewhere that you can take advantage of some of the room gain that we talked about earlier, uh, going a little bit larger or going from sealed to ported can make the biggest difference. And that that tends to be one of the biggest things that come up uh, with people saying they're putting a subwoofer in a room and they end up going sealed and it's just not enough output. So you need to either go to a second sealed sub or go, like we mentioned earlier, somebody's talking about going to one larger ported sub if it can fit in a larger open space because a ported sub will take on a larger room better too. Yeah. Um so to answer this question, uh, certainly it will it will help. It does add a little bit of height to the subwoofer in general. They're bigger than the stock feet, so you do want to take that into account when doing your measurements. Um, but you know, if you're putting it in furniture, there's a potential tendency for it to rattle, if you, especially if it has like glass panels. Um, so certainly that would be an instance where you'd want to explore. Yeah, you know. I helped out. Uh, there was a, a a sales guy I was working with just before all this went down, um, where a client of his was trying to put 1000s or 2000s into a, a big armoire that he was building. And it came down to, he wanted them so bad, he just cut the bottom part out of a cabinet, put the 2000 Pro in there with the isolation system, 
putting it on the floor, but it was still in the cabinet. And uh, before he did the isolation system, the doors were rattling, but after he put them on there, it was taken care of. So exactly what you were just saying. Um, it definitely, it makes you a better neighbor, cleans up some of those distracting noise artifacts that uh, a subwoofer can cause, which actually some people like. I've never really understood the whole, like, my whole house is rattling. That's awesome. Like, it yeah, is I kind of want to, like, see the movie. But, you know, teach his own. You want to, you know, hear your pictures rattling. That's, that's all for you. Well, um, the, like, before we went to CES where we saw uh, these guys, we, I put the PC2000 Pro downstairs. And I, you guys know I love to demo Ninja Turtles. And, uh, you know, having kids, they enjoyed it. And I was upstairs getting ready and my kids were watching the movie downstairs because after I demoed it for them, they wanted to hear it. And for the first time in my life, I actually heard pipes rattling in the house and it was, I was laughing hysterically. And so I think we all kind of have that. We're like, sweet. I actually made that happen. So I, I think there's a little bit of that out there in all of us too. Yep. Um, I did want, you've only mentioned the app about a hundred times during the uh, broadcast today. So I, I do think we should maybe show a little bit of it. Uh, we have about five, 10 minutes left here. Uh, there was one question if we can mix the ported box with the cylinder. Yes, those are both ported sub subwoofers. Um, the output's almost exactly the same when you get from like the PC 2000 Pro to the PB 2000 Pro. Uh, so there's no problem blending those two types of subwoofers if that's something that you want to explore for your, for your listening space. Um, so we have, like I said, about five, 10 minutes left. Um, you know, we have uh, our app. This is a, a useful tool that basically allows you to do a lot of the, uh, you know, the subwoofer tuning uh, after you get through Odyssey, but then also control aspects. So, you know, you're watching something, listening to something, you're in your seat, you don't want to get up, go to the back of the sub, you know, turn the knob, listen to see if you made an improvement. Um, maybe just do a quick, quick walkthrough of what exactly people can get from the app and, and how it can be used to, to yeah. dial in their subs. So what? So if you look at our app, it's it's just a Bluetooth control app. So you're not adding anything to your Wi-Fi or anything along those lines. You simply uh, download the app. It's an Android and iOS. And when you open it up, I, this is a, a pr training presentation I put together to show people how to do it. Uh, but what you have is the ability to just connect to a subwoofer. And you'll see over here we have these menus where you can get in and access all of that stuff we were talking about. And you can get in, you can make all the adjustments you'd want to in the world for your music favorite, your favorite listening setups for music, your favorite setups for movies, watching television. Get in here, adjust your low pass, your phase, your parametric EQ. And if you don't know what something is or how to really deep dive on it, there's actually tutorials to walk you through when you're going to use the LFE, when you're going to use the parametric EQ. How do are you going to use the parametric EQ, Larry? Uh, typically on a music setup or really when you're uh, struggling, and I'll show you what I created here. Uh, so right here. So when you're having nulls, if you're... Um, what is a null? A null is basically a dead zone within your listening room where the bass sort of just sucks out and you're like, where'd it go? Yeah, and what's funny, in most listening rooms and stores, because the way they're set up, uh, almost always the base null is right in the middle where you're standing because you typically have a system on four walls. And so you, uh, we play with that quite a bit in retail stores. But the thing that I tend to use the most in here is actually, sorry, let me bring this up here, is presets. And the presets is because of how much different listening all of us do. And if you have, like earlier, you, you have a setting you really love for watching movies, but then you're trying to switch over to music, you can save a custom preset for each of those. So maybe you do have a receiver that's capable of doing uh, full range two channel and home theater at the same time. You can save a movie preset where the LFE is off and the adjustments are done by the receiver. Thank and you, Jason. Can... So, sorry, I'm just saying, showing some love. 
sorry. Uh, then you can actually save a preset for music where all those adjustments for low pass and phase and parametric EQ and all that stuff's been done. And you can save all those adjustments internally. So there's a lot of cool stuff you can get in here and do with the app. And if you just doubt, you can play with it. You don't even have to be connected to a sub. If you just want to get in there and play with the app and see everything you can do, it's it's totally active uh, without having to have a product. But say you've got four SVS subwoofers in your house, like that gentleman did earlier, you can name them whatever you want and take control of them independently because maybe you want a little bit more from the subs that are behind you um, as opposed to the ones in front. You can make all those adjustments on the fly. So. All of this is in here where you can get in there and adjust it and walk you through all of that stuff as well. Yeah, I will say there are some people saying, can they get this presentation? And uh, I see Youthman dropping some comments here. He is created one of the best videos that I've seen on the app. So if you get a chance, go to his channel. He'll walk you through every single one of these details. And then obviously our support team is available as well if you have specific questions about your uh, your own system. Um, and for the gentleman who asked about you know having uh, our PB2000s, which don't have the app. Uh, we do have a really detailed blog on our uh, site about subwoofer calibration that can walk you through basically the adjustments you should make even if you don't have the app. Um, so all of that can uh, can be explained there. Uh, but I would definitely encourage anyone who's sort of a novice with the app to check out Youthman's video because uh, he needs the views. No, he doesn't actually, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's a great resource that will uh, really help you out and, uh, and get you understanding how to, how to tune the bass here. Um, and I, so, I, I mean, I feel like us to say something here, Nick, based on what's on screen, I think they're trying to get something out of us. Well, the big secret at SBS is that we don't tell secrets. So we will not share what plans we have uh, anytime, but this is the uh, sort of stock teaser that I've been giving people only because our president Gary has sort of spilled the beans a little bit already. Uh, this year, Cedia, which is a trade show for integrators of home technology, has uh, been canceled, obviously. And it's big with architectural speakers and architectural audio, built-in type stuff. So we were going to make a big splash there this year, and now we can't. But around that time of the year, there still might be a big splash in that realm. Um, it's not the only thing we're working on, but it's the only thing I'm going to tell you about today. So keep your 18-inch uh, driver conversations uh, internal for now. And, uh, you know, that's that's all that I'm at liberty to say at this point. So, um, you know, keep keep tuning in and we'll uh, we'll let you know. Um, so I do realize we have to wrap up here. They uh, These guys at the Hi-Fi Summit have a, a huge uh, array of different sort of seminars going on today. And we want to be respectful for the next uh, crew that's coming in. Um, I do have to show uh, a little bit of love for SBS and, and share some plugs. Uh, all the information about our subwoofers, our speakers, our wireless audio, uh, as well as our sound path accessories is at our site, sbsound.com. We have a bunch of blogs there that will help you with uh, in-depth setup questions and everything that uh, you'd ever want to know about audio system setup. We've got videos, featured systems from some of our owners. So uh, go check all that stuff out. Uh, Larry, me, you, and Gary, we also have uh, our own little live stream things that we do. Uh, we call them the virtual audio file happy hour. The next one is coming up uh, Thursday, July 9th. It'll be at 6 p.m. on both the SVS Facebook and the YouTube channel. Um, Larry, uh, what T-shirt are you going to be wearing that night? Or anything you want to share in terms of a teaser or what, what people can expect? I don't know what I'll be doing, but you guys, I just wear goofy shirts. So it's my Revenge of the Nerd shirt today. Uh, I think that's one of the one of the perks of all this is we haven't really had to get dressed up much for the last three and a half months. Love it. Um, yeah, but uh, I, I think we're going to be talking, you know, new content, things we've been watching, movies, and maybe even get into some demo stuff as well. So we've got a, a lot planned for you guys. Yep. And uh, last thing I would like to say is just 
thanks to uh, to Joe and Tell Techno Dad, you guys, you know, for putting this together. Uh, there's been a lot of sleepless nights yet. You look so energized right now. I don't know how you're doing. You must have <laughs> a good makeup team behind the scenes there. Um, but pretending. thank you for doing this and letting us be a part of it. Uh, we couldn't be happier to to support the cause you guys are pushing, and uh, awesome. you know, hopefully, many, many, many of these to come. And by the way, I just popped in not to remind you. I just popped in because you guys were talking about a new sub. So you guys can go all day. <laughs> yeah, I'd listen. I got no name. I got nothing other than uh, a teaser for a trade show we're not going to, and what that trade show is about. So uh, yeah, that's I like my job. I I architectural yeah. subwoofer, twenty-two inches. What is that? Was that what I heard? <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> be putting that out there. That'll end up on words in my video. mouth. Yeah, no, but uh, trouble. Gary, our CEO, definitely made an announcement. You know what? About six weeks ago or something on one of our uh, events. So, so yeah. you can see it. Um, gotcha, but, gotcha. Yeah, no, it's, it's a shame. We're working on a lot of different things, though. That's not it. That's just the one that I'm at liberty to tell you about. But um, we always got some uh, different, you know, pokers in the fire that uh, that'll be coming out before the year's through. Yeah, and and Great. also one last thing is for those uh, who are part of the uh the one of the attendees if you're an attendee you can go to the giveaways page and uh, svs has some pretty awesome stuff over there yeah we're doing a uh, prime wireless 2.1 system this is our uh our new wi-fi and bluetooth enabled uh wireless audio system with an sp1000 subwoofer it's a uh you know phenomenal you know 2.1 system to really uh energize your music give you a lot of streaming capabilities uh it's multi-room capable with dts playfy um Larry would just love to spend another hour telling you all oh, about could, the greatness yeah. of, of our uh, wireless system in DTS PlayPi. So, uh, you know, you can check that out, potentially win it, and uh, also an SB2000 Pro, which I know you guys know about our subwoofer. So uh, look out, check out uh, information about those, and if there's any questions, you know, we're, we're available on all the social channels, email, whatever. Uh, we like to, you know, communicate however you guys want to communicate. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, see, I, I told you guys, I didn't make it up. You know, some of these people are thinking, like, yeah, maybe he's just making up these giveaways. No, no, you heard it from uh, from our man over here. Yeah, Nick. we're excited. We love to give away some free stuff, especially now. A lot of people out of work. You know, it's not uh, not the best time to be investing in home audio. So anything we can do to bring some great sound to households, uh, we're we're glad to do it. Absolutely. Very cool. Oh, anything else that you want to address? You got a you got a lot of people in the chat over here, or did you answer most of those? Oh, I don't know. I, I oh, sort of there ran was one, There was one very see. important question for Larry, and that is which um, Ninja Turtle is your favorite? Oh, I've, I've discussed this numerous times. It's it's Donatello, and oh. uh, I, I go way back to my eighties with him, and it's even my kids even like him too. Yeah, I don't with know why I, I cling to him, but I did, and uh, you know, my my boys all like their own too, so. Well, I'm the Michelangelo to your Donatello, so yeah. you know. Oh. Nick, are you saying you're the one always carrying the pizza? Is that what you're saying? You're the fun guy. He's the fun guy. <laughs> I'm always looking for it. Yeah, <laughs> always hungry. Very um, cool. Well, again, cool. thanks guys for uh, for letting us be a part of this. Uh, we had fun. Hopefully, we can do this again uh, sometime soon. Check out our happy hour in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, drinks on us. <laughs> And yeah, there's a lot I mean, of you guys yeah. have a lot of your products on the Hi-Fi Summit too, so make sure to check those out. Um, yeah, you'll see all the specs, and um, if you need more details, it'll link to your uh, actual website. So awesome! Cool. Yeah, thank you guys so much for being a part of this, and uh, you know, taking the time out of your day. I know 
you guys are probably pretty busy planning all those crazy, you know, 30 inch subwoofers that you guys got in, <laughs> in the back try, there. Let's, let's get a mill started. Yeah. It's a whole room. Yes. Get it rolling. Yeah. Well, cool. thanks again, guys. Thank you Good so much. Good luck with the rest of the show. All right. Thanks for the great questions too, everyone. Uh, very, Bye, very awesome questions. No problem. Crowd. No problem. Later. And everybody here uh, watching, uh, we will be back at 11 a.m. or in about 13 minutes with uh, Joe Finn from Parasound. So definitely stay tuned and don't forget, there's a chat still going on in the lobby section of the site. See you soon. Go the weekend.